and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to the greatest show on earth. I am talking about Dungeons and Diapers with your hosts, Ryan and Crofton. Here first, coming from Ottawa, Canada, is Crofton. Hi, thank you very much for that warm welcome. Uh, welcome, everybody, to a new episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Uh, with me, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Murphy. Ryan, how are you? Doing well, doing well. Lots of uh, lots of updates to, to chat about this week uh, in the diapers section and and some fun for the dumb, dumb, the dungeons section. Oh, <laughs> that's a slip, Ryan. There's some uh, dumb stuff ahead. I think I will say though that um, that uh, for those who are a first time listener of the show, the dungeons are where we talk about the geeky stuff that we are doing, mm-hmm. whereas the diapers are where we talk about our families and kids and how we balance all that crazy stuff. And Ryan, uh, for me, this week, I was uh, on the Gamers Inn last week. I think you guys record episodes so quick. It feels like I was just there, but you've already you've already got another episode out. And I uh, I, I got through all my video gamey stuff. So this time I'm going to talk about later on about a TV show that I'm watching in instead. But first, I wanted to give a quick update as I have done the past couple of episodes on my wife's health. Uh, and thank you to those who have sent um, good um, um, well wishes. She is doing all right. Like, I mean, she's still on the medication and, and she's still, um, you know, experiencing pain uh, on the regular, uh, on the regular pretty much. And uh, it's difficult for her. She's met the doctor a few times. We're in a waiting list to get an MRI, waiting list for her to see a neurologist. It's difficult raising children. The best of times this is not the best of times but that said she's kind of got she's got it's at a point of like she can manage it i think the big thing that that it sucks a lot for her right now is just how absolutely tired she is at the end of the day so she's not getting a lot of like you know once the kids are in bed great personal time it's like she's she's pretty dead so that said though um it's 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 nice to see her continuously out of out of pain, but she has good days, she has bad days, or whatever. But that's that's the update, and uh, I'm, I'm probably not going to mention it again on the show unless there's some sort of um, news or, or or newer development. Um, but uh, but just know that it's an ongoing thing that we are dealing with still. It's one of those things where. Uh we record we we try to record every two weeks i think this has been three weeks so like again like i think we've been we've been sort of chatting about it for for the last couple months and it's it's uh i cannot imagine having to to go through that on top of like having you know kids like this is the thing that i think a lot of folks um who don't have kids uh understand is that like um you know a tough situation can be made tougher when you're also having to, uh, to take, to take care of kids. And, and, and again, like, uh, you know, we, we had the big storm that ripped through and, and took out a bunch of power across, um, highway seven in, in Ontario here and, uh, and other areas. And it sucks being without power. It's, it's even harder when, <laughs> when you have kids that are used to routine and, and all that stuff. So, 
I will say that that storm was insane. So we we had a we're like where we are in Canada, this big big storm went through, and I know that American listeners who live in places like the Tornado Alley in the states, like they're probably used to this sort of thing. But the crazy winds um, just came in really hard, tore a lot of branches off trees. Supposedly, it was the most damage to our hydro grid here in Ottawa since. Uh, we had a big ice storm in 1998, which has been a while now, and it was worse damage than that ice storm. Uh, and uh, that went for quite a long time, and uh, I thought did sizable damage. But like, I'm in a city of million plus, and we half the city lost electricity. Um, a lot of it still has yet to be restored. So it's kind of crazy. And I was uh, Ryan when it was happening. Um, you know, it was, it was like a thunderstorm and I was looking out the window, my whole, the girls were home. We were all looking out the window and these branches were just flying through the air, like laterally through the air. They'd been ripped off trees and they were like moving around and, and, you know, good sized branches, like not, not like just a little twig or something in the air. It was like a full on branch and it's like flying around the winds moving it. And they're just shooting the, the tree that they, they came off of is on my neighbor's property, but they're they're flying near the shed, which longtime listeners will remember. I've just paid a lot of money to turn into a sweet home office with nice glass windows and a sliding glass door. Uh, and and uh, the tree branches are just like zooming next to the to, to the, the the windows. And uh, one slams into the side of the shed, but just on the siding and drops to the ground. I'm like, oh no! Um, and uh, but but yes, I was lucky. There was no damage to Sweet uh, Crofton Sweet New Shed, um, and uh, and uh, I just had to clean up afterwards. And unfortunately, a lot of folks around here weren't so lucky. They had house damage or or electrical outages for a long period of time, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, it was such a crazy, crazy weather event. Yeah. Well, I mean, here uh, we we were outside at the time. It was it was a nice day, and we uh, Crofton. I'm going to say it and just prepare. We were in the pool. The kids were in the pool. Wait. Uh, what? Yeah, I know. I, it's confusing. We we have a smaller pool that doesn't take up our entire backyard. Um. Wait, like like an inflatable. Uh, well, the one we had previous years that, that got, did not make it through the winter was inflatable. Uh, but this one's like more of like a frame pool with like a, like a big, big old plastic, um, like an above ground pool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. An above ground pool. So wait, so you filled in oh, dear. your pool that your dug your dug in pool you filled it in and then put an above ground pool on top of it. Is that hello, Ryan? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, okay. Again, I, the old. I, I, do, I don't even know. Like, Just, I can't. I can't even possibly think of a joke or a way to turn this into le- like even less ridiculous or more ridiculous than the situation. Explain it to me, Ryan. Explain it to my poor brain. I don't. Do I? Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So the old pool uh-huh. took up the entire backyard, right? Right. So anytime you or the kids were out there, it was basically a giant. It was a giant death trap. You couldn't be back there without 
you know, okay. uh, being with the kids. So you understand that so far. We we filled it in. We put grass down. There's a small uh-huh. corner, a very small corner that is uh, sand that we left because we filled the pool with sand and then put dirt on top. But we but we kept a small corner that was just sand where we were going to put a much smaller pool for the kids. Smaller pool, not okay, a wait. death trap. So you were gonna you filled in not a hundred percent of the pool. You left a little piece that you were gonna. <laughs> You you left a little piece for the kids later. No, no, no. Is that what- the whole pool was filled. So imagine you have this giant crater in your back. Your whole backyard is a crater, this giant death trap. You fill that death trap with sand, uh-huh. and then you top it up with soil to make it a flat surface of playable space for your kids. Okay. Where they're not going to fall into a, into a giant pit or a or a, an olympic diving uh, pool yeah, sure whatever. okay so then you uh you have Ooh, a play structure in one corner you have a little garden in the back you have like a, a good chunk of grass for the kids to play on um and then in the corner there's a very small 10 by 10 section where you 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 um erect like a uh 300 150 you know pool like three okay. footer pool for the, for the kids to enjoy. Okay, um, it's yeah. not like it's not really an above ground pool. It's not like it's like it's not like one of those ones no. where you you go and it's like a round sort of like uh, pool that is for adults and 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 as well. It's it's, it's like just a little uh, tiny kids thing, but not an inflatable like some. I'm I'm not even sure I can picture it to be honest. I don't. I'm not sure what. It's, it's a is, small but- it's a small pool like it, it but here's the thing the kids were in the pool when the storm hit and right. uh we were all outside and when it hit like it came in like these winds were like incredibly strong and the rain just hit like a ton of bricks and the kids were out of the pool and ran inside like i've never seen them run so quickly like they were they did they their kid sense were like we should not be out here let's get inside and we and we all get inside and and uh, we luckily did not sustain any damage to the house, but I know here in our area, um, a majority of the town was without power. Uh, it took about took over twenty four hours for us to get our power back, but I know people who still don't have power, and it's been almost a week. Damn. Um, there's a lot of downlines, uh, a lot of tree. I've never seen so many trees ripped from out of the ground. Um, we were walking. Like you do, you know, the power is out. Uh, th- like the storm ripped through and it was calm afterwards. Like there was just, it was super calm. Like the the thing you'd have to worry about is walking by like maybe, you know, trees that had sustained a bunch of damage. But we went walking around town. Um, they were walking around our neighborhood, a lot of trees down. Um, and the, and there was this tree that had come down across the street. And the kids were like, oh, can we can we walk through it? And I'm like, ah, no, that's not safe. We definitely want to go around. And I realized, well, there's no downed power lines because we don't have power lines in our neighborhood. It's all underground. Um, but then I'm like, we, I, I insisted we walk around just in case. And we walked around and I look inside. It's like, oh, there's metal in there. This tree had fallen in on a street lamp and brought it all the way down, like demolished it. And everywhere you go in town, you'll see trees down. There are whole streets that are closed because there are multiple trees lying across the street like big like big trees and it was insane like uh you know uh, a lot of damage um done from the storm and and uh, i think even the schools were there are some schools that are still closed because they're without power 
uh, our kids were, were able to go to school and, and I think they were they're happy to do so. But like there are still street lights that are out, you know, and, and uh, man, one of the more frustrating things is is uh, seeing people not realize that they have to come to a four way stop when when street lights are out. Oh, man, that's so annoying here. It drives me nuts as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's been uh, it's it's like I feel bad saying like our, our we've kind of we've kind of returned to a, a sense of normal. But there are still folks that are without power. There are parts of town that, you know, uh, like I've talked to plenty of people who have, have like large trees in their yard that are that are no longer there like a lot of trees have have like been pulled up out of the ground and it's uh you know even our park nearby like we had like one of the trees had fallen across the entryway and the kids were devastated I'm like oh they'll, they'll clean it up they'll clean it up and we'll be able to go into the park and we'd had to walk we had to walk around to the other entrance but it's like um it's i've never seen anything like it it's crazy the amount of damage that it had done and it had ripped through like a whole a huge like this storm just went down a line and took out a lot of infrastructure and uh i'd be curious people live in places where this is a regular occurrence because this is like we don't uh hopefully you know with global warming climate change and all of this what extreme weather events are more common so we may get more of this type of thing but yeah it, I, there are people who live in places where stuff like this happens all the time and i i guess i just wonder like how how often do their lives get upended? Like, you know, in Tornado Alley, tornadoes like coming through, destroying. Even if they don't go near your house, they might like ravage your community or your infrastructure or earthquakes in California. Like, I guess you can build houses to resist, a, you know, quite a bit um, in terms of earthquakes, but still like the, um, it is very interesting uh, for us. It's such a, a crazy thing that brought life to a standstill, but like for others, it's kind of like a daily way of life, you know? Yeah, no, that is a, 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 that is something I thought about as well, because it's like with this storm, I'm, I'm seeing like all this damage and you're right. Like there are areas uh, where they have to deal with this on a regular basis. And I just can't even imagine the, the impact to infrastructure. Now, that being said, like, you know, uh, when you rebuild, you rebuild smarter, right? Usually. And if you have to deal with like hurricanes on a regular basis, I, uh, I'm sure you, when you have to rebuild stuff, you rebuild it to either mitigate the damage or avoid it all entirely if possible. So, I don't think I don't think that'll happen here. Like I think I think they're just their priorities just get everything back up and make sure everything's secure. But uh it's it's uh it's been such a huge undertaking. I'm even here in town, like we're seeing people who uh we're seeing counselors and, and the mayor uh, tweet about uh, crews coming in from the United States, crews coming from out east to help out. Like there's a lot there's a lot of work left to be done to repair all this damage, but it's uh it's 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 been quite the experience. I've I've never seen a storm like it before. Yeah, no, it there was a tornado a couple of years ago around here. Uh but it again it was like not maybe it's more localized. Anyway, it, it is what it is, Ryan. One thing though is that if I actually had a dungeon in my house, uh I would crawl into it for safety during a weather event like that. Uh, and uh, I would I would indulge in all the fun geekery that I like 
I I like to indulge in when I go down to uh, my nerd dungeon as it stands. Um, Ryan, we're in the dungeon section. That was a transition. What we call in the business a transition. And I just am curious, uh, you know, having been on the Gamers Inn lately, do you have uh, something new that you're playing, watching, doing that you want to talk about? Well, uh, I want to I want to take you on a journey uh, that I that I took shortly after recording our last podcast. I've I've been saving this one. Um, Croft and I often talk pre-show about um, so you know frustrations uh, that uh, that don't necessarily make it on onto the podcast. About listeners, we hate <laughs> you all. We like to. We like to badmouth you before the show begins. And That's then, not and true. Then like, we love we our get listeners. it out of our system, and then we we start. We love each and every uh, listener. We love them all. Um, no, you know, and it's just yeah. There's work stuff, or there's families, like whatever. Like uh, it's it's all kinds of fun stuff. Um, but but here's the thing. So we were talking, and I was saying like, oh, I I really just need a day for myself uh, to just do. And uh, the new Doctor Strange film had just come out literally that that Friday. And I was saying to myself, you know what? I'm going to take tomorrow off. I'm going to walk downtown to the theaters, get Ashley to pick me up. So it's only like, oh, it's only walking one way and I can watch the movie and then get get a ride home. And I'm going to go to the movies. I'm uh, And that's what I'm going to do. And I did that. I... Uh, I, I like I didn't do the whole like I'm taking the whole day off. I, I did go. I did log into work and I and I told my boss like, hey, I'm going to take the rest of the day off. I'm just going to work for a couple hours to get some stuff s- straight. And then I'm I'm out for the weekend. And they were like, yep, no problem. You do. You do that. Um, I remember having the conversation in the morning with Ashley. And I'm like, uh, I'm thinking I'm going to go to the movies today. Is there any chance you could pick me up on your way home from work? And she's like, you're going to go to the movies during the day on a Friday. Oh, okay. Uh, luckily, Doctor Strange had been playing, I think it was 1245. So the theaters are starting to get into that like summer movie scheduling where they're playing a little earlier in the afternoon. Um, so yeah, I, uh, it was about a 45 minute walk. So I, I walked downtown to the theater and I got to listen to podcasts on the way. I made pretty, I made pretty good time. I got some popcorn for myself. Uh, you know, I had a smaller lunch so I could get a bunch of snacks at the theater. And I was able to watch, uh, you know, this this Marvel movie that was likely to have spoilers. And my brain's like, ah, oh, I know I'm going to get spoiled. There's likely probably like three or four things that'll be all over, you know, social media by the time I get a chance to see this and uh, I was like, you know, screw it. I'm going to, I'm going to just go see it. And then this way I don't have to worry about it. I can enjoy it. I can just go in spoiler free and uh, come out happier on the other side. And, uh, and I was like, you know, it was three weeks ago. So I, there's probably still some, some, uh, some resetting that needs to be done, <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, we just talked about the storm, but I, I had a great, I had a great time and I think I will use it as a template going forward. Like I, I can already think of other movies where I, I can see myself taking a day and, and, and walking downtown. And, and I even said to Ashley, like, look, if there's a movie you and I want to watch, you know, we'll put Isabel in daycare for an extra day. We can go to the movies. We can, we, we can drive there. Maybe <laughs> you can walk with me. Um, I would like to point out that this is like, when we started doing this podcast, the idea of like, 
you know, balancing our stuff. It was a big part of it. Like I was always curious to you, Ryan, how you with your 1800 shows and 3,500 children made, made everything work. Um, like how you balanced all of that sort of stuff. And the reality is that you can't like, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that you can't do because you have jobs and you have other things like, and often the stuff that, that takes the, the, that falls off on the priorities listing. Like if you're, if you're prioritizing your, your relationship or you're prioritizing your job and your work or your prioritizer, look, every time I say it, I'm doing worse job or you're, you're prioritizing, God, what is wrong with me? Oh man, this is crazy. Your children, um, you're, you're the person that is always going to be last on your list is yourself. Right. And even like doing, yes, doing something like a podcast, playing a game or whatever, the, these are the things that can potentially rejuvenate you, especially someone like yourself, who's like me. These are things that give us energy. Um, but at the same point, you know, sometimes you just need time and space for yourself. And it is really hard to find that in a regular week when like your kids are off on the weekend with you. Um, you know, like during the week, you're you're working every day. You know, just just finishing in time to be able to start making supper, or take care of the kids, or whatever whatever is next for you, right? Uh, and so, like, I totally think that that should be a template. The idea of that sometimes, not all the time, but like you know, you take you take some time off, you take a day off, and instead of just like doing what you would always do, like, oh, I'm going to take this day and work on a podcast, or I'm going to take this day and, you know, play this game or whatever, you're like, I'm going to go out and do something maybe a bit different, but just by myself, or maybe with somebody I haven't seen for a while, or whatever. And so I I, I think that's pretty awesome. Um, and clearly, the fact that you're talking about it three weeks later, like for somebody who has no kids, they would look at this and be like, so what, what he went to the movies on a Friday, what's a big deal. Uh, but, but I totally get it. I see why it's, a, it's a big deal. It's different from, from where you're, you're at. So I think, I, I think it, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, it's something that I will consider as well. My problem is that like, and this is a, I think a problem that a lot of us struggle with. And I, I've told you, I've, I've said like, Ryan, you should take the day off work. And I, I sometimes need to take that, uh, into consideration for myself as well. But where, where I get into the headspace and I'm a fortunate, I, I work for an employer, I'm unionized, I have a lot of, you know, I can take days, like it's not like the world will collapse if I don't take a day. But if the daycare is closed and I have to take a day or the school is closed because and, and I would have to take a day, it's a PD day uh, or whatever and I have to take a day or my wife is sick and she needs to be driven to medical appointments and I have to take a day. Well, all of a sudden I'm missing a lot of days of work depending on what the situation is. And then so to just take another day just for myself feels like, you know, like now I'm into the realm of being a horrible employee, but really, you know, that's, I'm stuck in my own head and I really need to be like, no, I need this. And I should look, look to Ryan's example. Yeah. I, by no means, um, I, I needed, I needed, I needed to do that more. Um, I think like over the last five years, uh, especially once, once the kids sort of entered our lives, um, it, it, it was always, it was always sneaking up on me, like trying to take a day off or trying to book vacation. 
And not only like this is the first year where I've actually sat down and and Ashley and I have had to had to plan out our summer just because we had we're both working now and we have the kids out of school. So this is the first year where I basically sat down with my boss about a month, couple months ago and said, like, okay, here's all the leave I'm taking for the summer. And it's pretty much, (laughs) you know, there's not a lot of wiggle room. Like, this is what I got to do to be able to 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 take care of the kids like there's. Like we can have discussions about what that, what, you know, the final leave looks like, but like, if you say yes, then this is what we're locking in. And that's like us paying for camps. That's us setting up times at at grandparents, uh, extra daycare. Like, so that was, that was new to me this year. Um, well, and obviously I'll report it as, as we go, but I always found over the last five years, it was always, it always sneak up on you. You'd always say, okay, like this week, I'm going to plan to take a day off next week um, and and work accordingly. And I I always found that, and I still do this, I always find like, oh, I, I got to work, I got to get my five days in, in four days so I can take a day off. And uh, that's feels weirdly wrong, um, you know, and... And it, but, but, but it only feels that way with days. Like if I take, if I take actually like leave like weeks off, it, it feels like I don't have to, I don't have to squeeze, you know, two weeks into one week so that I can take a week off. I don't feel that. But for some reason, it, like I just have been so bad at planning like single days. Um, it feels like I, I, I do have to squeeze the week into four days if I, if I take a day, but I've been trying to, that's a me thing. That's nobody else's fault. That's 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 my fault. So when I decided to take this day to go see Doctor Strange, that was an example of like, I'm going to, uh, in that specific instance, I'm going to come in for, I didn't even do it perfectly. I came in for a couple hours. I did what needed to be done for the weekend. And then everything else could wait till Monday. So like I, I, I was getting there, but still not quite there yet. Um, because it, like again there was still some work that had to be had to be done because Ryan's brain um but you know I'll say this like I think uh I think it'll make a, a good template going forward and um I like I said I, I want to when there are movies like I think the next one we're going to go do is um the new Jurassic Park both Ashley and I want to go see that one as campy as these all the movies are and and as as the as you know, hit and miss the sequels have been like i am kind of excited to see the new one uh in theaters with with the original cast returning but um yeah I, it, i'm looking forward to it but in the case of doctor strange itself as you know we we this mcu film we're not we haven't even talked about it i will say this i really enjoyed it um it's it's a very different film uh from the other mcu films uh, no spoilers. I'm not going to do any spoilers, but like there are, there are moments in this film that, uh, you know, could, could be put out there as, as spoilerific. Obviously it's the multiverse. Uh, some of the trailers have already unveiled like some of the, the characters that are present, um, in the multiverse. But like my biggest thing is like when they said Sam Raimi was directing it, I'm like, okay, what's this going to be like? And really, when you see this film, like this is a Sam Raimi film, like he's his fingerprints are all over this in terms of like the camera movements and the, um, you know, you get a very strong vibe, like an evil dead vibe in in multiple scenes. This this film is pretty gruesome, too. You know, if you saw the articles about like, how is this PG-13? Like, 
they get away with a lot for PG-13. There's some pretty gruesome and dis- frankly disturbing stuff that takes place. Is there, like, I, I've seen a lot of that commentary, but is there, like, kind of, like, a fairly spoiler-free example that you could give of, like, something that something that happens? You don't even have to name the character, like, a man gets his whatever head uh, cut off, or, like, is there something that you could say, point to, is something that is, like, because I find it really hard, like, having been exposed to the Marvel style for so long, and and yes, directors add their own flair, like James Gunn or whatever. I get it, but like it's never so tonally different. And horror, in particular, is quite you know quite far removed. So I just like, and then people are like, "Oh, it should be rated R." And I said, I keep thinking to myself, like, it would be a big push on any Marvel movie I've ever seen to get it to R. Uh, and so, like, I mean, like, the people are even commentating on it. I mean, is it just because they're so, like, Marvel brain dead and just in the world of Marvel, it looks like an R or is it an actual R? And for me to to get a sense of that, I, I would like an example of something that happens in it that people are like, oh, that's gross. Or, sure. That's- uh, well, um, how do I like, – I won't obviously use character names, but I'll say this. There are, there are clear – deaths on screen like there's a lot characters die um there are uh there's one scene where a a lot of characters die and um but people die in all sorts of marvel movies they in captain america the first avenger they're just it's world war ii and there's people just getting shot and they just fall over like it's not a big deal the death itself is not like that's a pg pg 13 you could die in pg movies Okay, well, here here's the thing. I will explain one of the. I will go over one of the deaths, and I think like you'll you'll understand. So there is a scene where uh, you know a character's basically head explodes uh, from the inside, and it's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty. Really? Yeah. It um. It it basically like it, it the way it's portrayed. It puts a lot more onus on the viewer's imagination, uh, uh, and that kind of makes it worse. And here's the thing: there's not a lot of, there's no swearing, there's no nudity, and I think like when we when we think of ours in 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 North America, it usually is the big three: it's swearing, it's nudity, and then it's it's violence. And usually, it's like uber it, violence. It, it's uber violent, and it's the order of nudity, swearing, violence. Violence is always at the bottom. Um, yeah, you can get away with the Although I would argue that violence is at the bottom, but gore is – like if there's gore in a film, then that pushes it quite a lot. Like it was just a bunch of people shooting and people fall – like you know, in action movies, like when they're shooting dudes and they just fall off buildings, ah, I'm dead. You know, and like that's – that's like nothing, but then if it's like there's blood shooting out of them, ah, like Rambo style or whatever, then 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 that all of a sudden that jumps up. So when this head explodes, is it one of these situations where you don't actually see the head explode, but you see like maybe it the head's getting bigger, bigger or something, and then it cuts to the the other person, the person in front, and then you hear like a pop, and and that person just gets blood sprayed on them or whatever. Like yeah, there's a bit of that too. Or do you, that because that's what I think of when I think of these camera tricks. Or is it actually you see the head get bigger and then it explodes into blood flies everywhere? Because to me, I'm like, okay, once that happens, you're like, all right, I understand where you're going with the R. There's like, uh, 
there's no like that's the thing like they don't do they don't do gore it's implied violence there is death um there's some like again like i think i think folks are like looking at it and being like oh this is a sam raimi film it it pulls a lot of references from evil dead uh, a lot of camera tricks, a lot of like creepy movements of of characters and, and and monsters and such. But at the end of the day, like they they don't go, they don't cross the line. I think out of PG thirteen. Now you can take your kids to uh, some PG thirteen films and you can get away with it. But like this one is not a not for kids. Like you 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 have to know. You probably would need to watch this before. Um, uh, before determining i don't I don't know at what age like for me like in terms of kids it's like uh well i watched a movie with with the kids that i think is pretty much pg-13 and again like it it worked it was fine he was able caden was able to watch it but like dr strange no no way like he wouldn't be able to watch it it's too gruesome caden was able to watch it he had nightmares for a week but he watched it no <laughs> No, he was, well, well, we will talk about that film later on, but like, I'll say this, like in terms of, you know, Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness in, in the placement of the MCU, like it's a solid follow-up to no way home. It was never going to match that. And because no way home just had such a, like it had that, it, it was just it it, Spider-Man. I, it was Spider-Man. And I really felt like it was a, it was a perfect sort of, you know, capture of like Spider-Man in, 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 uh, you know, on the cinematic universe. And, um, I think this new Dr. Strange film, I liked it more than the first Dr. Strange. And I really did like the first Dr. Strange as well. I was thinking about that. I enjoyed the first Dr. Strange movie and all that, but I only watched it once and it never really like, never was I inclined to go back to it. It was like, okay. Like I like Benedict Cumberbatch's performances, Dr. Strange. Uh, You know, I like him as a character in these greater movies these other movies but as like the point of view character and as the main guy like i you know i was never really drawn to dr strange in the comics and marvel's done a good job of making people more engaged in these characters on on screen that they might not necessarily buy a comic book for but yeah for me um you know thinking it was the sam raimi and the the multiverse element more than the dr strange that were making it of interest uh, to me. And I, I will fully disclose Ryan. And this is the first time I've ever done this for one of these Marvel movies. I read the entire plot synopsis on Wikipedia. Um, right. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm done with spoilers and this and that and figuring out, you know, what's going on and, and, and waiting to see the movie that I'm going to see months later and uh, of a character that I don't really even care that much about. I just want to know who the cameos are and who the, you know, like what the world building is and the bigger stuff um, uh, of it all is. But now I'm, I'm caught in this conversation about the tone of the film. Like, and I, I think to myself, geez, how scary or how, horror filled can it be and now now i'm intrigued on that level where i wasn't intrigued before so yeah. i'm sure i will watch it eventually i th- well i mean uh, I, I from what i've heard it's coming to disney plus sometime in june so you won't See, have that's to wait. the other reason that's the thing it's just like these movies c- come out now so quick which is part of the whole covid of it all like they try to but like it's you're you know i think of the batman which was like i think you could stream 
like maybe two weeks after it was in theaters. It was crazy, you know? Um, and uh, I still, that doesn't take away to, for me from the theater experience. I would love to see these films in theaters. Yeah. Um, but uh, but it, it's still, I mean, if you just have a mild interest and they're like, well, I'd watch that one at home. Well, now they, they, they become available so quickly now. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, I was, I was probably likely to do what you did and, and just, either have it spoiled for me or, or read through a synopsis. And I don't think the film is ruined by knowing that stuff. Like I, I think that, uh, you know, knowing who shows up, you know, knowing that sort of stuff, even with no way home, like, I think like being surprised, it was nice. And like, uh, it was, it was really cool to, to see that stuff without it, you know, being listed out and like, here's all the stuff that happens. But I think like, if you, know of a specific scene with specific characters like there's still a whole lot of the movie left to enjoy and i think um uh like i said i i I really did enjoy it i thought it was it it was different and i would compare it to like you know the reason everyone's looking to forward to you know thor love and thunder uh, same reason everyone loved thor ragnarok is because marvel was basically like yeah you know go make this film, make it in your style, make it unique. And they did that with this Dr. Strange film. It, it, it feels like a Sam Raimi film. And, um, you, you might be thinking, Oh, it feels like Spider-Man. It's like, no, like even with Spider-Man, I think they kind of reined Raimi in a bit with Dr. Strange. They let him do whatever he wanted in terms of cinematography and, and look and feel of a, of a lot of these shots and, and, uh, and dialogue and stuff. It, and I like Benedict Cumberbatch. I, I mean, I know he's in a lot of stuff and I'm sure people are like maybe, you know, uh, overwhelmed by the amount of movies he does, but I really like him as Dr. Strange. I'm glad he's excited to be part of the MCU. Um, he, he feels like he's going to be sticking around for, for quite a while longer. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I appreciate the Dr. Strange character a little bit more and, and I'm excited for, uh, for what comes next. Speaking of what comes next, uh, you see that there was a Thor Love and Thunder trailer this week? I did, yeah. Yeah, so I'm – because that's the movie that I've been more eagerly anticipating, mostly because Thor Ragnarok is one of my all-timers. And I think, um, I think you know, as a comedy movie uh, mixed with superheroes and all that, I, I really did appreciate it. And uh, – and so I, the teaser for Thor Love and Thunder came out not too long ago. And it, it I want to say, leaned very much into the comedy uh, of, of it all. And I very much enjoyed it. And then this movie made me realize, like, oh, yeah, there's going to there's gonna be – there is going to be a bad guy. You know, like there's going to be a, a, a traditional villain here. It's go- um, the gore, the god butcher or something like that. Last time it was Kate Blanchett's character, uh, Hela or Hela or whatever. And so, and it's funny because when I think of Thor Ragnarok, while she's obviously a great performer and great performance, I, I don't like, it's not, those aren't the moments that I'm remembering, like the ones, the ones with her. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I, I know it's Christian Bale and it's, there's some great actors in this film, but mostly um, the second trailer didn't make me the first full trailer, I should say, but second we see of the film didn't make me more excited than the teaser did, but it didn't make me less excited either. I'm, I'm still like 
properly stoked for this film. And a lot of that is based on Chris Hemworth's worst performance as Thor. I always find, uh, like, especially uh, both in the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, as well as in Ra- Thor Ragnarok specifically, that more recently, from Ragnarok onwards, I found him to be really uh, hilarious and delightful. So I, I'm looking forward to that movie a lot. And I think that I will go see that one in theaters. Like, I feel like that's the one that's going to just the timing with the COVID of it all and everything. Uh, and uh, like, I need to secure a babysitter. That's, that's on our list to do uh, to get back to normal. But uh, yeah, I want to, I want to see that one. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I think I'm in the same boat. I, I think that might be one uh, Ashley and I go see together as well. And we'll, we'll, we'll make an afternoon of it. So has she seen Thor Ragnarok? Uh, you know what? Now I'm trying to remember. Did we see that one in theaters? You should, um, you should make her watch that one. That's the, uh, I, I know Jesse, like it was one of those things where she likes, she had already watched stuff with me and was into and enough. But I, I remember when we watched Thor Ragnarok, we were both like, that movie was a way better than it had any business being, even in the Marvel, in the Marvelness of it. Like, and it leaned into being a comedy specifically. and was very good at it. Speaking of comedies, Ryan, uh, specifically uh, comedies on Netflix, um, I, I I got into a show recently, and it's a show that I got into. Like, it, I Ryan and I, I'm not sure if we've used it on the show, but I've used the term laundry folding show um, to uh, to Ryan before. The idea that you have maybe a show that's kind of like whatever, you know, you enjoy it personally, but you know, your significant other will probably not be into it that much. And, but you're also not into it so much that you feel like, Oh, I've got to watch it right to the end. You're you, you'll fold your laundry, maybe watch an episode and then be done for a long time. Like I really enjoyed the show Archer. I watched a lot of Archer. I've rewatched Archer just because it's like a great laundry folding show for me. I get some laughs, there's a little, there's a plot or whatever. It's, it's, it's good. So, uh, I was, I was like, Oh, uh, looking at, at, at options on Netflix for a new sort of, and maybe it's cause I had watched Archer, but it was suggesting other sort of adult themed animated comedies. And, and there's this one, uh, called big mouth. And I know I'm late to the party on big mouth, uh, because there's already, I think four five seasons maybe and they even have now a spin-off show and netflix is very prone to cancel series pretty quickly so the fact that they have five full seasons and now a spin-off show to me says that they they must be getting some good streaming numbers ryan have you watched big mouth or are you aware of it i i'm aware of it i've not watched it before though um i I do realize like it's a it's a pretty big series for Netflix and and as you said they've they've it's done really well for the uh for the streaming service but I have I haven't had a chance to watch it. I don't watch a lot of the animated stuff on Netflix although um I'll say this the latest volume of uh Death Love and Robots or Robots Love and Death anyways the David Fincher, you know, animated anthology series uh, just came back and I and I I'm watching that right now, but yeah, no, I haven't seen Big Mouth. So Big Mouth is is made by um uh this uh, these two guys John John Mulaney who's a who was a writer at SNL stand up comedian uh uh who's ha- probably still having a moment right right now 
and uh, and Nick Nick Kroll, who uh, and Nick Kroll is a I knew him from the show that I watched called The League, where he played this one guy uh, of this cast of Friends on The League, which is a funny funny show, um, and uh, it, but he's also done a lot of other stuff. Um, in Parks and Rec, if you ever watched that, he's the douche of uh, the um, the radio show. It's Who and the Douche? I forget. It's like a Pawnee radio show that Leslie Nobo has to go on. And, and they, they, they play annoying sound effects. At one point, the douche tries to go out with her friend Anne or, or, or what have you. Um, and uh, anyway, that's Nick Kroll. Um, and Nick Kroll is actually really great at voices. Um, he's one of these like, he, he's a, a pretty big big voice actor but he and uh, John Mulaney created this show and it really chronicles what it's I guess what it's like to be an eighth ninth tenth grade kid going through puberty um and uh it's really gross like it's really all about like you know, sex, masturbation, coming to, coming to terms with like your body and all of this sort of stuff. There's also uh, like a lot of like, well, these two friends um, played by John Mulaney and Nick Kroll are the lead characters. There's also a you know a bunch of other school characters, including like all these girls. So it, it, it looks at what girls are going through as well. And this is these changes that they're going through are represented by these characters called their hormone monsters. Uh, and their hormone monsters are actually characters are on that are on screen that only they can see and talk to. Um, and uh, Nick Kroll does the voice of the main hormone monster, Maury. But his impression of Maury is – his voice for Maury, the hormone monster – is essentially Will Arnett. Like I thought it was Will Arnett for so long. I even started Googling and I was like, is, you know, Will Arnett a big mouth? And it was like, no, it's, it, there's these articles being like, that is not actually Will Arnett, but he sounds exactly like, which is to say hilarious. Um, and, um, and uh, then uh, Maya Rudolph from SNL, who is uh, who is the mom in Mitchells of the Machines, which I love, and, and other things, does the voice of the the female hormone monster uh, as well. And then the world gets built out from there. There's like as the kids start experiencing shame. There's like the shame wizard and all of this. And uh, it's funny. My wife watched an episode with me last night, and it was borderline embarrassing because first off, it's super gross. Um, and secondly, they had introduced all this mythology of characters at this point. Um, and so it was really like, she's like, can he, what, can he see him? And I'm like, no, he can't see him, but he can see him. These two share a hormone monster so they can both see anyway. Like there's just so, so much, so much there. And the animation style is really like, um, well, it's kind of, it has a style of its own, but it's very similar to like, uh, I guess what you get out of like a family guy type show. And this is the thing. One of the co-creators, like one of the beyond Nick and, and John is uh, a, a, somebody who works on family guy. And that can be felt on the show from time to time. And I would say like, as much as I like family guy back in the day, I'm one of those people that definitely fell off that show and they did a, a tremendous amount of cutaway gags and this sort of thing. Right. And, uh, and the, there is that in Big Mouth. And there also is, which um, I'm not sure, Ryan, if you've ever seen the show American Dad, but that's the, the, the uh, quintessential example of this for me. Um, these 
they have a couple of these ridiculous, like these characters that are just like somebody came up with a ridiculous idea for a character uh, and said, okay, like there's an alien that's going to live with them and he's going to dress and talk like a human or whatever. And it really, there's no need for the character to be an alien. Like family guy started it with the talking dog and the talking baby. And now it's like everybody, everybody's got to have these characters in their animated shows. And you would think they would have enough of that in big mouth with just the hormone monsters that make sense in the logic of the world. But they also have like a couple of characters, like they have a really dumb teacher uh, called Coach Steve, who's like kind of an obnoxious Steve Urkel-like character. And then, and then you've got um, you've got like this ghost in the house that offers the kids advice, the ghost of Duke Ellington or something crazy like that. And I find those are the points where I'm, I, I I think the show could have used some tightening up and didn't need those elements. If anything, they just detract from what the kids are going through. And that's the most interesting part of the show. But, oh, man, is it funny, Ryan. And, like, I am laughing out loud multiple times every episode. It also moves really fast with quick talking and, like, joke, joke, joke. And that sometimes works. Like, Archer can work. But but sometimes it can be tiring almost. But in this case, I find it almost uniformly works. And then there's, like, two be continued episodes and an ongoing story and, you know, uh, it's just really, really a great show. The last thing I'd say is that um, that is so entertaining about it is, uh, it is the truth that it kind of reveals. Like, it doesn't shy away from the fact that, that some of the kids are not great people or not that nice. And, um, and often it, you'll get a sense from their parents that, like, why they would be that way. So, like, you'll see a kid who's in a well-adjusted home is going to be just ends up being a nicer kid because he's taught how to love kind of where the kid that's like whose parents are going through a divorce starts, you know, acting out, but was good before, but starts acting out. But then a a kid that whose parents have pretty much been shitty from the get go is kind of becoming a shitty kid. And so like, there's, there's like themes to it that are richer than just the comedy, but man, the comedy is good. Anyway, it's a great show. I totally recommend it. The spinoff show, I think just released its first season. It's called human resources. And essentially um, all the hormone monsters work in an office. Um, there's, and, uh, and it's a show like that mixes the office things with, with big, with big mouth and stuff. And so, uh, yeah, just a, just a really, really uh, funny show, but not for the faint of heart. Absolutely. For people who are willing to, to put up with like lots of masturbation, menstruation, uh, pubic hair, like you, you name everything that like, Grade eight, grade nine kids are going through, man. It's in this, it's in this show. But uh, I, I, I uh, really more than a laundry folding show. I've been uh, taking the iPad up to watch it when um, the kid. It's my turn when the kids are going to sleep, and I'm, I have to stay up there because Clara's got night terrors. I'll be like, I'm going to watch a couple episodes of the old Big Mouth. I'll be sad when it's done. Well, there you go. Well, you got five seasons. It sounds interesting. I, I'm on season three, Ryan. Oh, wow, you're moving quick. There's 10, there's 10 episodes a season, and they're half-hour episodes. So, I mean, it's – but, I, I yeah, I'm moving pretty quick. Well, there you go. I, I, uh, I've I always moved past it, but maybe I'll check it out. I, I think it sounds uh, – you know, sometimes you do need a show that, like, oh, I got to watch this for, you know, the story slash, you know, um, 
because I got to keep up with like I'm I'm behind on a bunch of shows that I, I want to watch because I'm interested in the story. But sometimes it's nice to have shows where you can just turn your brain off and be like, I'm going to watch this like that show for Ashley and I have uh, right now. And it's another Netflix show. It's completely terrible. It's totally like game show gobbledygook. But it was um, it's uh, the bullshit, the game with Howie Mandel. Oh, I haven't heard of this one. Yeah, it's on Netflix and it's uh it's basically like it it has all the trappings of like a like a game show where it's like, oh, you know, we're gonna stall for time, we're gonna insert extra clips here so that it appears as though everyone's stalling and building tension and, and, and it's really frustrating. But um the 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 game show premise is kinda neat. You've got one person on the hot seat, they're playing for a million dollars, it's like um who wants to be a millionaire and that it's a multiple choice question. Uh, except there are three panelists that are also competing to get a chance on the hot seat. And you basically, if you're on the hot seat, you're answering the question and you see if you got it right or wrong. But then you have to, whether you got it right or wrong, you have to explain why you chose that answer and why it's the right answer. And then the panelists will call bullshit. And if everybody calls bullshit and you were wrong and you were bullshitting, you're off. And there's obviously like you can lock in, you know, at, you get a couple locks to 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 walk away with a certain amount of money, but man, I could do that show. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where you you do get people on the show, and they're just very good at bullshitting. And and uh, the the longer you go bullshitting, and and everybody knows at the end of it, like, oh yeah, I was bullshitting. Then the more you bullshit, the the more your tells are shown, and it's it's a really fun. It's really fun, like garbage television, right? Like I've never been one for game shows or reality TV, but like this one has kind of stuck through and it's, uh, it's totally structured. Like it's so dumb. Like the whole season's there, but they'll like, oh, and you got to wait till next episode to find out like, you know, whether this person won. It's like, yeah, but the next episode's going to play right now. And they do the stupid recap. And it's like, Ashley, Ashley and I, one time we were like, well, we want to go to bed. But we want to know, we want to know how far this person left or went. <laughs> so we just fast forwarded it to see. <laughs> and it was like, it's kind of dumb. Like it's structured like a traditional, like Netflix has been usually pretty good about like playing to their strengths. But the one downside to this show is like, you guys know, I can fast forward this. You guys know the next episode is going to play in like three seconds. Why are you leaning into the traditional game show crap? That is interesting because game shows and reality shows are notorious for like just like milking it, milking your time and being like, you know, uh, I remember Hell's Kitchen. I'd, I'd watch that. At, we had a workplace pool on it years ago. And, and I just remember thinking it was so manufactured to be ridiculously long and like they build it up build it up commercial break and then when they're back from commercial like do a recap and all this sort of stuff of like it was so much wasted time and it's funny because you're right the netflix of it all is that like if you have the episode you can like go move through all that crap and there's no commercial breaks so I mean, it just seems so pointless for them to, to to draw it out. I guess they know they must have research that it works, like it still works, or it still has some sort of satisfactory effect on your brain, or whatever uh, the way that they present it. Do do just do all the episodes drop at once, Brian, or did it does it is it just like a week to week show that they release? No, it it was all all. I don't know how many episodes there are, but, but they're all in there the whole season. That's so funny because, like, I think about 
you know, like there's some bits from, from uh, old ways of watching TV that have still not really been captured by streaming services. One of those like, like Jeopardy with Alex Trebek's passing last year, there's a big talk about, you know, being host to Jeopardy. And I, I remember I was like, man, why? Like, is, is Jeopardy still watched nightly to the same way that it used to be? Like everybody's on streaming now, but no, man, there's still a huge contingent of people that like Jeopardy is a show, Wheel of Fortune or whatever, that they will watch daily and it will be part of their routine and they watch it on traditional TV. Um, and uh, uh, some people won't cut their cords because they're wa- like cut the cords because they're watching you know, Jeopardy or game shows. And Netflix hasn't really cracked the code of game shows. I have seen game shows on Netflix. Like there was like The Floor is Lava and other different like game type type shows. But, the, but just the nature of how they're presented, um, like they're just dumped on the service or they're like, you know, it's not like an event. Um, I, I just, I, it's just mind boggling. Like it just feels like counterintuitive to what Netflix is. But yeah, you guys are watching it though so it's working yeah yeah uh yeah i mean in lieu of another 20 minute 30 minute show to watch it it was one of those that that kind of popped up it you know this is the thing like i think streaming services like netflix um well really i i think it is netflix like netflix has kind of like leaned into the we want you to be the only service you subscribe to they so they just have everything and it can be it can be overwhelming. Like Netflix has kind of become this thing of like, we're going to have as much content as possible. And uh, I think they've kind of gotten away from like curating. I think yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think Disney plus um, is starting to go that route too, where there's just a lot of stuff being added, but it's still quite curated. But I think Netflix has just gotten to the point where they just throw everything in there uh, and, and see what sticks. And for those folks who just like will watch everything, it's the perfect streaming service. But for folks like me who like want to just catch stuff here and there, it can be a little frustrating. And, and um, especially when your shows get canceled, like I just uh, space force got canceled and it's like, yeah, I know it's an expensive show, but really did you need to do a season of this is cake or is it cake or whatever they call it, uh, which is another game show. But yeah. The return on investment is better, like better though, and and also like I think you know Space Force. I I didn't see any of it. I didn't watch any of it after the first reviews came in as middling, but like it, it, to me, it, it it's like you only have one chance to make a first impression. I I will say though, like having just discovered Big Mouth, a series that has been clearly on Netflix for Netflix for many years, and I am just finding now makes me realize how much stuff is in there and that may have been there for years. Like Stranger Things is coming back this week, and um, like it feels like like it's been gone for so long. And I remember like I was watching when. When Stranger Things, I think even season two came out, anytime Netflix had a new show, it was like a big deal. Everybody was like, oh, what's the new Netflix show? Like it was still – there was something special about it, right? Um, they had all their shows from TV, like The Friends or The Office or whatever, and then they had like, oh, a new Netflix show. There was like a level of prestige, a level of curation, and now that and now that's gone. And you're right, like just – Part of that is just related relate in relation to size. Like it gets so big. So Net, Disney Plus, 
they've got their boxes, like their Marvel, their Star Wars, their different things. They're having Star Wars celebration right now. They're announcing a bunch of new shows. They're showing a bunch of new clips. Like, you know, five years from now, there'll be so many Star Wars shows, so many Marvel shows, so many whatever. And then there are other stuff that it's just, it, you know, it they'll be in the spot that Netflix is in now, where they now have had years and years of building content. And now there's so much content that it just seems like impossible to find anything. Yeah, 100%. So uh, let us now move, Ryan, to the uh, du uh, Dungeons part, uh, wait, diaper part of the program. <laughs> I, I'll get it. I'll get it. Uh, and uh, where we're going to talk about some of the stuff we got going on. And I want to tell you a story. Um, and I, I was sort of – I was thinking about like do I want to tell this story on the podcast because they might hear. You know, they could listen to it. I'm a famous podcaster, famous podcast. Lots of people obviously listen. So they might listen to it. Uh, but then I was thinking to myself, well, it's like they would have had to have listened to an hour and a half, including me going through all the description of Big Mouth for a really long time, yeah. all the banter about Ryan's pool to get this mm. deep into the podcast. And I feel like if they made that sort of commitment, then I don't mind them hearing this uh, because that means that they've, they've had to sit through a lot and I appreciate that. And I actually don't know how I, – I, I, I know how my wife feels about it, but I'm still not sure how I feel about it. And I would like to get your opinion on it a little bit. So I'm talking about my neighbors um, and not, I I throw the term neighbors around a lot. I live in a city, but in this case, um, the neighbors are in the building with me. It's, I live in a semi-detached. So it's two houses, one building. Uh, they have one side, we have another. And uh, they are very nice in general. Like I, I get on very well with them. The term I would use is they are friendly, but we are not friends if that makes any sense. Uh, not that I would necessarily say that to them, but there are lots of like, hi, how's it going? Oh, what's going on with your kid, with Gwen? Or what's going on with their daughter? You know, like a lot of that, but they're not, you know, like, but beyond that, we're not doing like play dates or hanging, you know, like hanging out or what have you. Um, and so, uh, and th that's neither here nor there. Although sometimes like we see them hanging out with like there's neighbors across the street and around. We feel like the odd ones out. Definitely like that we might not be the cool kids on the street, which is fine. You know, it's fine. They're missing out, Ryan. Hmm. But, um, but anyway, one thing I will say too, and just to contextualize what I'm about to, to say in terms of the situation, is that our youngest, Clara, who is four, sometimes she can be a little bit mean not a lot mean but like sometimes a little mean to their daughter who is a year younger uh and and i think that like and we'll all say like clara you don't do that you know you you you, you know behave or whatever and she generally she generally will and i very much like their little their their little daughter next door anyway on here's the story with that context on the weekend the girls wake me up and they say daddy 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 there's a bounty castle outside. And I look out the window, at their windows, because they're on the back of the house. And there is a huge, huge inflatable bouncy castle. And I mean like trampoline, like it's like you go inside and you can bounce up and down. And it's in the yard next door. And again, we're in a semi-detached. So it's essentially very, like it's like right in their faces, like this giant, this giant bouncy castle. And uh, 
and we were, you know, where we go down and we have breakfast and all this. And as we're having, having breakfast, the girls are like just going nuts. They want to go bounce on this bouncy castle. So I'm like, geez, it must be like, isn't their daughter's birthday? And if so, you know, like, are they having a party or something? So then sure enough, go upstairs, look out my daughter's window down. It's pretty much straight down a little to the side because they're next door. And there's a bunch of kids over like a bunch of kids. And they're all like sort of bouncing and stuff, including kids from all along our street. Okay. Um, so not just, not, not just like daycare guests and stuff, but not our kids and no, we've not received an invite. There's a big happy birthday sign or what have you. And all, all of this, uh, they've given, you know, uh, on, um, on Gwen or Clara's birthday, they'll, they'll, uh, wish them happy birthday or whatever. Uh, and you know, we generally know when birthdays uh, are, we knew it was their daughter's birthday and we had, we had gotten them a present. We were going to get, going to go over and drop it off. Um, so we go over uh, with, I go, I go over because my daughters are like melting down because they haven't been invited. So I can't just say like, go, but I, I go over and I say to, um, I, I, you know, I, I go into the backyard and, and there's the party going on and I say, Hey, um, my, my kids are wondering if they can come over and bounce on the bouncy castle that is like literally in front of their window. I did not say that, but like it is right there. And like, you know, all these other kids are there. And they said, uh, and, and the, the, the mom said, Oh, um, actually this is, uh, for, uh, the little kids. Uh, and we're going to be doing something for the whole street this afternoon. And so I was like, huh, okay. Now, to be fair, like to be to, to be clear here that my youngest, the one who was losing her mind, was four is four. Uh and, and all the kids bouncing, I guess, were three and less. So, like, I mean, I, you know, to be like, oh, she's older than three, she can't bounce, even though she lives right next door and she can see the whole thing. We had not received any sort of notification, invite, or whatever. We didn't know about this situation, or we could have set the stage for Clara and said, hey, you are not going to be able to bounce this morning. You'll be able to bounce in the afternoon. Anyway, there was a rainstorm in the afternoon, uh, and so we didn't go and bounce. We got a text uh, that said, oh, yeah, like uh, you're free to come over, but it's really wet. And so we were like, well, we're not going to be – you know, coming over. So Ryan, I will pause there. What do you think of that situation? Like, am I like, cause, cause I will just say my wife is not very pleased about the whole thing. Uh, I am kind of annoyed as well, but less so than her, I would say. But what, what do you think? Do you think that like, am I over, are we overreacting? I, I don't think you're overreacting. I, I think here's the thing. Um, you know, I think what makes, hmm, I shouldn't say that. I, I think like when it comes to being like a, a, like a good parent, you, you understand, you understand how your kids work and you also understand how other kids might work as well. And I think one of those things is like, if you have neighbors where, you know, they have kids, um, and you're inviting like the whole neighborhood, uh, and you have a giant bouncy castle and you have yards all close by, like you might 
you would likely extend the invite to everybody. Like, I think that was the, that was the conversation we were having, um, about a birthday party, uh, you know, in terms of inviting like the whole class, you know, if you invite, if you're inviting a majority, you invite all right. And, uh, I think in this case, it sounds like, uh, they had a, a good chunk of folks from your street. So like as a parent, it's totally understandable to be frustrated, to have to spend the entire day, uh, explaining to your, your kids why, why they can't, why they can't go over, not necessarily explaining why you think they weren't invited, but like, um, why they, why they are not over there right now. And, uh, having it staring them in the face all day makes that a tougher job for, for, for you and, uh, and Jess. So it's like, I totally understand the frustration. You're not wrong to be frustrated. I mean, like, you know, I think having a good relationship with your, with your neighbors, like there are varying degrees of relationships with your neighbors, like go from acquaintance to friend to, to really close friend. Right. And sometimes when your neighbor is an acquaintance, it's weird. You live beside them, but sometimes that neighbor can be an acquaintance. Uh, it, it can kind of turn into like, well, you're not invited to every little, everything that happens. But in this case, like a giant bouncy castle, a bunch of kids from the neighborhood, and and yours aren't invited like that. That to me is that that is frustrating, right? Like because it is, it is, and it's like, but like the, the argument for them would be like, well, you know, these are all the little kids, and your kid would be able to, your kids would be able to participate later on. But we're not told about this now. I will say, I'm, I I I took a pause for big stories. One ending part of the story, which is it. The, the bounty castle was supposed to be picked up, but because of the storm or whatever, it was not, uh, they deflated it, but it was not picked up by the company and they had it an extra day. So because of that, we were, a, we got a message in the afternoon of the next day, Sunday to say, Hey, do you want to, do you guys want to come over to the bounty castle? So we did. And we went over and we did, you know, have a bounce over at the bounty castle and made conversation with them while we're, you know, and all of this again, friendly, but not necessarily friends. So you get to the end of conversation, like, you know, fairly, you know, quick enough. Um, so, I mean, in the end, like, and they were, you know, they were super hospitable, served us, gave us drinks or whatever while we were there. And like, just, uh, uh, it, it's, it's just, in the end, it felt like to me that they made a concerted effort to like, it would be very easy to have had our girls over to their, to their, uh, to the birthday party, at least temporarily to, to bounce on the castle or to let us know that they were going to inflate a giant castle. So we could talk to the girls beforehand. Um, and, and, and so, yeah, I, I, I mean, I was not, not super impressed about it, but the thing getting back to your point about the relationship and this is, this is it like a semi detached is kind of a, a unique situation because you share, you sh it's not like a row house where you're part of a larger kind of like there's people on both sides or a condo. There's people all around you, a big, big, big building. It's really like us and them. We're sharing a structure. Uh, like I'm, I'm podcasting. There's a wall right beside me on the other side of this wall is likely, you know, at this time of night, probably my, my neighbor who I've just been talking about. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and I will, I just like, it, for me, I value, I value that. And up, up to now they've, they seem, you know, pretty good. They're around our age and all of this. It's just like, you wish you want to have that super big 
connection. Like if we were like BFFs with them, it would be so great, you know? Uh, but I, it's just like, it's clearly not, you know, not going to happen, which is fine, but it is just too bad that it's reached a point where now, now we're starting to get, uh, bad feelings, you know? So, so anyway, hopefully, uh, hopefully that'll be the end of that. But I wasn't sure because, you know, in the moment, I'm so annoyed about this bouncy castle thing. And, uh, and my wife was that, times seven and, and then i'm then taking a step back i'm like maybe i'm making a mountain out of a molehill here in the end we did get to jump on the castle like a, a day later but that was only because it didn't get picked up right you know i don't know anyway that's my story ryan do you have a story for me yeah uh so i've got a tale of two cadence basically that uh that i'll share tonight uh so we'll start with the with the good. So we had a, we had another buddy's night, uh, where we, uh, stayed up a little later. Caden has had this, um, for some reason. So uh, I, so I'll say this. I watched, uh, I, I watched all the Godzilla, uh, the new, uh, MonsterVerse Godzilla films. And, uh, one of the songs is, uh, the blue oyster cult, um, cover of, uh, of Godzilla, by um the front man from system of a down and um and and it was uh it, it, i would play it like on the the home pod or whatever and and the, and caden really liked it and now he's all like oh i want to watch godzilla and i'm trying to think to myself like what godzilla could he watch that isn't like the new ones are are probably like too realistic right and uh the old school um you know and well the originals would probably i don't like actually he would probably like those because they're a little more cartoony but i thought i really liked i really liked the 1998 godzilla i know it has problems it's not a great film uh, you know a robert zemeckis film uh you know very yeah. independence day vibes and uh so we watched it i i rented it so we could watch it and and to prep we actually found that they had a a Godzilla animated series that is available on the CTV app. Um, that was an, also another fun thing where the kids are learning what commercials are because uh, there's Wait, like you made Caden watch 1998's Ghostbusters with Matt uh, Ghostbusters Godzilla with Matthew Broderick. That didn't make him. He wanted to. I, he wanted to. I like that film. <laughs> I, it is very funny because I see this this motif right because you obviously very partial to the uh sam raimi spider-man movies uh as well i feel like that like from 90 you know this is the earliest in the murphy timeline we've gone uh 98 but i feel like their five-year stretch here like good or bad whatever movie came out here ryan murphy has some nostalgia for it but anyway keep going okay so here's the thing um you're you're absolutely right like that time frame young ryan really enjoyed like uh godzilla and and really enjoyed uh the sam raimi spider-man films um obviously you know the 1998 godzilla did not get renewed it did not get it was planned as a trilogy it did not get that trilogy uh i think they actually i was looking into it they spun the trilogy idea into this animated series uh which you know caden watched caden and, and i watched maybe like four or five episodes. And I was looking forward to the uh, synopsis of season two. And I guess it's, it involves time travel where they travel from 1998 to 2022. So I thought that, 
<laughs> I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. It's always funny when you go to time travel and like you're watching and it's like, oh, they time traveled to now. I wonder if they, no, they didn't. They did not even get close. Uh, they overshot by probably a century. <laughs> um, just don't put flying cars. I mean, honestly, that's like the easiest thing. They overshoot certain things and then undershoot other things. True. True. It's usually something to do with computers or, or mobile uh, devices. And and then they overshoot on vehicles or, or transportation, I find. Um, but anyways, we, we had this buddy's night. We actually ordered uh, food in at Ashley. And we're like, well, let's get food. And we, we got an extra burger for Caden. And he absolutely loved that. And... We watched the entirety of Godzilla, and I think, again, like, it works as a film. It's a PG-13 film, but it worked for Caden, who is not 13, uh, because, A, like, it's clearly a CG monster, you know, fake uh, destroying a town. Like, it's it's early CG. Like, it, y- you, can tell, you can tell what's happening, but, like, you know it's all fake. And, um, yeah, like, something about Matthew Broderick just running around... Uh, avoiding a Godzilla and there's a lot of garbage in that film. It's not great by any, any stretch, but I have nostalgia for it. I I really enjoyed it. And it it was one of the reasons I was super excited to see the 2014 reboot and um, absolutely love all of those films too. And I, and I just read that they're doing a, a sequel to uh, Godzilla versus uh, Kong, um, which just started shooting. So I'm, I'm excited to see the monster verse continue uh, and so is so is Caden. I think Caden's looking forward to when I think he could watch the 2014 Godzilla. But again, like it opens up the conversation of like, is he going to have nightmares? Because it is so much more realistic in the sense that like you could you can watch that film and be like, shit, it kind of looks like a giant monster running through town. Isn't Caden like six or five? Six. Yep. Six. <laughs> PG-13. Uh Ryan. You do you, buddy. <laughs> I don't know if God, now that I'm thinking about it, like it's just such a tame film. Like there's there's no like again, like it's it, I'm gonna because you're up. an adult. Oh, I, I know bet that. You, I watch. I bet you I watch that movie. I get like 20 minutes in, and like you know, people are shooting machine guns at people, or like Godzilla is munching on something, and I'll be like, Ryan, what about this? And you're like, oh, I guess, I guess that's bad. <laughs> I'm like. You know, I, I'm I'm still like, is Gwen ready at seven to watch Star Wars? You know, probably she is. I'm like, but but Jesse's still. We have that back and forth. I'm being like, oh yeah, you know, dead, uh, aunt, uh, Uncle Owen and Peru burning skeletons, yeah. choking, cho- uh, choking, laser shots. You know, blah 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 blah. Darth Vader, like, is it? But uh, but she probably is you know she probably is in seven and I guarantee you guarantee having not seen it for like I don't know twenty plus years the Godzilla nineteen ninety eight's got to be worse than Star Wars in I, terms of I don't think it is it's not um uh, you don't, so nobody dies well uh, you know now that I'm thinking about it does anybody die. Okay, so I think, and again, like I'm like about to stop my spoilers for 1998 Godzilla. Nobody I need cares. to Google, Google this, but anyway, <laughs> so, keep going. Yeah. First of all, it's PG. It's not PG 13. It's PG, but I, it might as well be uh, whatever PG 13. Whatever, it's PG. I don't think it changes the conversation too much. But like, I think 
the closest where I was like, oh, you know, machine guns. Um, yeah, the army's involved. There are guns, there are helicopters, there are rockets. But like, it's just so comical that it's like, it's not as serious as like, if you're worried about that stuff and rightfully so, uh, I think that's where like the 2014 and onwards films get a little more, uh, a little more graphic because there's, there's just more of a, a realistic portrayal of violence. But like in the 1998 Godzilla, it is just, it's, it's a cartoon. It's, it's, there's slapstick. There's this giant, ridiculous iguana monster running through New York city. You know, the army's doing more damage than, than Godzilla is like, I think in that film, like technically Godzilla is like just a monster stuck in a city and trying to get out of there. And, and really the army is what's causing most of the, most of the problems. But um, there is some scenes later on in the film where after Godzilla uh, has laid a bunch of eggs and those eggs hatch, it kind of turns into a bit of a Jurassic park feel with the Raptors. There's no on screen gore, but very clearly, you know, some people are, are killed off screen, but you don't see anything. You just see the implied like, Oh, he's overwhelmed by the dinosaurs. Um, you can use your imagination. The dinosaurs are likely, you know, taking them out. So there is a bit of that, but no, he didn't have any nightmares. Um, it was a, it was a risk. Don't get me wrong. Like there was probably a strong chance he was going to have nightmares, but I don't think it's worse than star Wars because like you said, star Wars to me, the biggest red flag for star Wars, a new hope would be, you know, the burning, the burning bodies of, uh, you know, Luke's aunt and uncle, like that would be the big one. I, uh, I so I went down the Wikipedia rabbit hole here. Oh, and uh, it turns out that uh, the Godzilla, mm-hmm. the character, is like considered to be the same character, I guess, through all these like Japanese movies up into these new series. Like, it's the same Godzilla, and they have their you know, it's its own thing. But the Godzilla from the 1998 film specifically yes. has its own has its own Wikipedia entry and it's called Zilla Z I L L A. And then in parentheses, it says Godzilla and it said Zilla formerly known as Godzilla is a film monster from the blah, blah, blah really in the, from this movie. It was initially created as a reimagining of Godzilla, but was later rebranded as a separate character. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, they, you're, they, you're acting like, oh, I obviously knew this. I did. did no, you? I did. Uh, here's the thing: like they, they kind of, um, they kind of disowned it. So Toho, which is the company that owns the rights and and produces all the Godzilla films and and licenses out the characters, licensed out Godzilla to uh, whatever American company made this, um, to make a Godzilla film over here, and um. Yes, he was called Godzilla, but he's only he's only continuing to exist as Godzilla in the original film and the animated series. But henceforth afterwards, he was brought back into uh, the Japanese films as Zilla, the American Godzilla. And because he is different, he's 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 he is somewhat different. But like they go back to the original design and a, a more you know classic look for Godzilla with the 2014 film and onwards. But this one was very like it was kind of it, it, when it came out like i think it, it was already starting off on the wrong foot because of it, they were changing the design and changing so much about godzilla uh at the time but uh yeah like it's uh it was kind of disowned by by the original company but they did bring it back and i remember 
um, one of the Toho films having like a like basically Zilla shows up. It's like this. It's a movie where it's like all the monsters are fighting and Zilla shows up and he's there for like 10 minutes and he just gets brutally like taken out by all the monsters as like, haha, Zilla's terrible. And uh, yeah, I do. I do remember reading about that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, you know way more than I, I know. I know. I know way more because I um when I see some when I when I remember something from my childhood or I watch it again or I, it, it pops back in my head. It's like oh, I wonder. And like it's a movie that came back. It came out in 1998. The Wikipedia article is just chock full of a bunch of great stuff. So like obviously I can go down rabbit hole there but uh yeah i i do know uh an awful lot about godzilla 1998 and i remember watching the animated series as a kid too saturday mornings uh i was i remember what i don't remember getting to the part where they time traveled to 2022 Damn, i i'll be honest ryan i have like i think the 1998 godzilla which i did see incidentally way back when uh is that's when i saw like every movie in the theaters at, at that time um like it, 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 that's the only Godzilla thing I've ever seen. Like I have not seen any of these new movies, the new monster movies, many of which like seem like they're, they look pretty cool, but I just, yeah, for whatever reason, I, I've just not, not seen any of those ones and definitely not animated series or anything like that. Or even the original, like while I've seen clips and TV shows and different things, I've never seen the original originals but uh yeah that maybe maybe godzilla maybe there's more than to him than meets the eye is it to him ryan i i i think so um i'm not sure <laughs> i think in the 1998 godzilla like they established that it's a it's it, it's maybe a, a he but uh but is able to produce uh asexually like godzilla is born with with eggs intact so they're able to reproduce without needing okay the, the need he's for not me. like godzilla's not walking around with his giant godzilla penis everywhere no like kaden shields your eyes or whatever you should watch the 2014 godzilla it is good it's got brian cranston uh it's got <laughs> it's got a lot of great stuff so. I the fact that you transitioned from my giant Godzilla penis to that movie makes me think that in that movie you do see a giant Godzilla no, penis. There's no uh, there's no Godzilla. As far as I know, I don't yeah, there's no Godzilla penis, but you know what? Uh you'll have to watch and find out. Don't mind me, Ryan. I've just watched a bunch of that big mouth thing. Oh, that's true. Uh, so. So my my humor level is really in the toilet right now. Yeah, you're very very vulgar. Um, and I did say this was a tale of two Cadens, so that's the first one. The second one is uh, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but but Caden's been having some Wait, troubles. What what is the is the second one Zilla Caden? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not. Like he's not he's not canon. No no no, Caden. Okay. This is this is all canon. Caden um, with a C. No. Nope. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's, that would explain a lot. Um, so essentially, like, Caden's been having some troubles with, with the bus. Uh, he's been going to school since September. He's been taking the bus every day. No problem. But, like, for the last couple months, he's been he's been acting out on the bus. Like, uh, so, for example, he was... Uh, he was uh, he wasn't listening to the bus driver. He was, you know, bugging his sister. He, he has to sit with his with his sister on the bus due to COVID rules. And he was sitting near the back of the bus, which was like, again, for COVID rules, because they don't want they basically 
fill the back of the bus and fill it forward so that when kids get on, they're not walking past a bunch of people. Ridiculous that you're going to have kindergartners sit in the middle next to the, or even further to the back of the bus, but whatever. Um, when those behaviors, like him bugging his sister and being disruptive and, and not following the rules, we said, well, move him to the front. He's in kindergarten. That's where kindergartners sit. Oh, well, I don't know if we can do that. And I'm like, well, that's, that's one of the first steps we can do to try to solve this. So they did that. He was fine for a couple of weeks, but then he started acting out even further. We, we get what's called a bus report comes. It's like, Oh, Caden's acting out on the bus. Uh, the comment at the bottom is from the vice principal. I have spoken to the student. That's the comment. Again, he's in kindergarten. Uh, like I understand like there's, there's certain behaviors that you have to exhibit on a bus for everyone's safety. A hundred percent. But like it's we were struggling, like, how are we going to solve this? Because like clearly they don't have the mechanisms to sort it out themselves. They being being the the school and, and the bus. So uh, we so we had another and then we had another incident where he's bugging his sister and the the bus driver. Uh, well, before this, we we tried, OK, like we need to keep Caden busy. He's bored. It's a half hour bus ride. He's clearly taking it out on his sister. It's inexcusable. But he's definitely bored. We need, and we've tried. We talked to him. We said, "You got to stop. You can't be bugging your sister. You can't be, you know, not following the rules. You have to listen." Yes, of course, I understand. I understand. But then he'd do it anyways, and it's like, okay, clearly he's bored. So again, we're still leaning into him. He's like, you can't do this. It's against the rules. You're gonna get in trouble. You're gonna. He could get kicked off the bus. Um, so I said, well, if he's bored, like let we can continue to, to have these conversations with him, but we need to give him the tools so that he's able to, to keep busy on the bus. Like I remember when I was a kid, I had an hour and a half bus ride. I have no freaking idea how I, uh, how we were able to get through it before I was able to read. But that was essentially my bus ride. I would read a book there and back. Um, so Caden can't read yet. So I said, well, give him a word search, let him take a marker. I made sure the marker clearly stated like, you know, washable. Um, he gets on the bus. He's got the marker. Both him and Abby are all set up. It's like tethered to the book. He can't lose it. He knows he's not allowed to write anything. He does not do that at home. Three days later, I asked the bus driver, oh, how are the books working out? Is Caden behaving? Yeah, it's been great this week. However, the kids aren't allowed markers or pens on the bus. And I'm I'm thinking to myself like, okay, uh, I guess we'll figure something out. So wait, so he was, he wasn't like, wait, was he using the markers and pens and it was all great. And then the guys like he shouldn't have those or was it that he just happened to behave that week with like, did the bus driver take away the markers and pens on day one? No, no, he was, he was behaving because he was keeping busy with, with the word search and the markers and stuff. He was keeping his mind busy instead of like, again, he's not allowed to sit with friends. He's not allowed to sit with, with uh, again, him and his sister get along, but they're siblings. They're going to, they pester each other constantly. And we, we tell them not to, but like, again, they're siblings Uh, and uh, they get along, but you know, you put them in a confined space for a half hour with nothing to do. Um, yeah, the, the, he was fine. Uh, they were fine with the books, but like it wasn't the book. The book or the markers wasn't the issue. It was, there's a rule. There's no markers or pens. And I was like, oh, man, that's kind of ridiculous because, again, they're clearly washable. They would if he did accidentally or purposely a if he purposely got a marker on the bus seat, the marker would be gone. We'd be taken away from him. 
he'd be he'd he'd be in trouble. Um, but second, like you know, I remember when I was a kid, we'd do homework all the time. Like again, there there are obviously more rules now, and again, they're there to protect people. I get that. So I said to the bus driver, absolutely, I know you have rules. We'll try to figure it out. So in the meantime of trying to figure it out, he has another bad day on the bus. <laughs> uh, he's bugging his sister. The bus driver had to pull over and say, Abby, move over to the other seat because the uh, seat across the aisle was was clear. And um, Caden uh, was supposed to sit by the window and he wasn't. He was sitting at the edge of the seat, clearly trying to you know, pester his, his sister further. And the bus driver says like, look, you need to sit by the window. That's your seat. And Caden is like talking back to the bus driver. And again, it's like, kid, you cannot do that. You cannot talk back to the bus driver. The bus driver is the boss on the bus for good reason. And I guess he was just saying like, no, I'm in my seat. I'm in my seat. Um, yeah, like, and the bus driver's like, well, I'm not moving until you move. And Caden was like, well, how long can we stay here? And I'm just like, this is not Caden. You know, he does not, <laughs> like, he 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 has a, a quick wit to him, but it just, it's so odd for him to, to talk back like that. So the bus driver let us know, like, yeah, he, this is not good. Like, if it keeps up, he's probably going to have to, you know, take a break from the bus. And we're like, well, that's not great because we'd have to drive across town. So... I had this idea, like, and I said to the bus driver, like, I really don't want to send him with his tablet for multiple reasons. Like, I don't want him to have to have have to watch Netflix to to be able to to survive a half hour bus ride. Um, but I knew he was like really they were really enjoying the stories podcast and stuff. So I said to the bus driver, like, OK, can they have headphones? Can they listen to music or whatever? And she's like, oh, yep, absolutely. No problem. So. I went about trying to find an MP3 player with no extra features, which was very tough to do. I ended up getting one uh, off of Amazon. It was a, or Best Buy. It was like a SanDisk. And I downloaded a bunch of stories, podcasts. Uh, I put them on the device. I bought a splitter so that you could plug it in and have two headphones connected to the same device. Taught the kids how to use it. Uh, and they've been using it all week. And I, I have to check in with the bus driver, but... I haven't been, you know, usually she'll like hold the kids on the bus until I go to the door and she's like, yeah, I need to talk to you. I'm like, great. What did he do this time? Uh, that has not happened this week. It's been knock on wood. Again, I'm recording a podcast. I'm not going to do it. It's been fairly positive. It's been good. There's been a couple of days where I guess, you know, Abby couldn't get it to work and, and really it turned out she just didn't want to listen to it. So, uh, I said, well, this is for Caden then like Caden needs this. And if you want to listen, you just ask Caden to plug in your headphones. Like it's that simple. And, uh, yeah, it's been going well. I, 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 at least I, you know, maybe ignorance is bliss, but maybe tomorrow I'll find out when I talk to the bus driver that it hasn't been going well, but I think for the most part, it's been, it's been going pretty positively. And, and, uh, again, like I did not want to send them with a tablet, but you know, it could get stolen. Like kids could, you know, see it and want it and and it could it could cause more disruptions because it's a video screen i wanted something that they could just hit play on it's a little device that they can just tuck back in their backpack at the end of the bus ride we set up a whole routine where we talk about okay like when do you think you should start packing away when you get to the school oh well, what about when we get to the parking lot and we see the cars perfect that's a great milestone or great goal what about when you're coming home oh well maybe the bus stop before ours absolutely like everything's been going really well with this, with this device. And, um, I, 
like our goal, like Ashley and I's goal, it's like we just we have to figure out something because we don't want him to get kicked off the bus with six weeks left of school. And like, really, that's kind of been the attitude in, in, in working with the school has been like, well, there's five more weeks and then it's summer. And it's like, well, yeah, like we'd really like to try to sort it out. Like it would be nice if these five weeks could be a little less stressful with are we going to get a call today or are we going to get a message or or whatever. But uh, this week's been pretty good. And, and I hope that his, you know, him being more occupied or entertained on the bus will allow him to have like a better day at school and just be better behaved. And he's a really good kid and he just, his brain's con he wants to do stuff. I, I, I feel for him. Like I, I, you know, I would love to have a half hour where I'd, I get to do nothing, but like he's six, <laughs> he wants to keep busy. So, um, so each week I'm loading up new podcasts so he doesn't get bored. And, uh, if anyone has any kids story podcasts they can recommend, let me know. Cause I'm going to need them. Well, I will say, Ryan, I have a couple of questions about this story. Uh, I mean, when you're, uh, uh you know, a hellion of ill repute, <laughs> like you're like yourself. Yeah. Like in Godzilla 1998 and all that. Yeah. Like when you're like, you know, you know how you are, Ryan, you're just like an, a, a very aggressive uh, and just um, crazy person. When, when, when you have children, they're obviously going to, you know, take on some of those mannerisms. So like, I know I've seen you flip off bus drivers so many times that like at, at one point, you know, Caden, of course, is going to uh, take that on. Of course, most of this is in jest because uh, Ryan is uh, about as even keel as you can imagine. So, uh, I, and I'm sure in many cases that Caden uh, is, but again, he's six, right? Is the is the, the thing that Ryan keeps coming back to, and it's true. And a little, and a boy, like, and I don't mean to be like as a dad of two girls. Uh, I know I'm going to have my hands full in the teenage years. In particular, but like right now, like I haven't, I haven't had to go through that. Although this brings me to my first question, Ryan, which is one that I've actually wondered about. Um, I don't know enough about Peterborough, the, the the, but I thought it was like a like a small city and not like a town. And so, thirty minute bus ride to your nearest elementary school seems like a lot like i and i i say that as as somebody who is so lucky that he, my the elementary school is three blocks from my house i walk when there i drop her off she doesn't even take the school bus right i as a kid took the school bus to um to my elementary school but it was like my parents wanted to send me to a french elementary school so they had to send me to the town next door so it was like a 40 minute bus ride to get to that town my question is like, what, what, why is this school so far away? So, uh, that's a good question. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty uh, simple answer. So like, um, he, so we have the kids in the Catholic system. We wanted French immersion and that limits our options down to, I think one or two schools for elementary. And you either go to the one on that side of town or you go to the other on the other side of town. And they're just not in our area. Like if we just wanted French immersion, public school it'd be down we would be walking him every, them every day and it'd be just down the street so because huh. yeah because we are going to the catholic board it is uh it is a bus ride so right 
Because I, I would just, I just say, and like this is, you take it as you want, but uh, like so, my daughter is in part of this thing called the alternative school program, and she's in an alternative school. And sometimes these schools get bad names because they do things differently, and kids that have challenges end up coming to the alternative schools from time to time, and then all of a sudden, miraculously, things work out for them because the alternative schools are so awesome. Uh, and, uh, and so, but they get, then they get the bad rap that like, Oh, you know, the children's having problems. They go to an alternative school when in fact, that's not it at all. They, the school just is, is much nicer than the normal schools. Like it, it, the way that it approaches education, the, the way that it treats children and, and, and recognizes children and what their strengths and their weaknesses is and teaches around them and gives them opportunity. Like I could not be a bigger fan to the point that I wrote, like they're trying to, the amount of special, uh, um, EP, yeah, what are they called? Uh, education assistance uh, that they get, all schools get them, is based on the amount of students that they, they get to sign up. And so they're trying to get students to sign up. Um, and uh, I had to, when we sent Gwen there, um, one of the reasons we sent her to church, church is called Churchill Elementary. And it's, it's right uh, three blocks from our house. And one of the reasons we sent her there uh, wasn't the three blocks thing. It was really because uh, I went to these kindergarten orientations and I just had such a good feeling um, for the school. And I was somebody who, who went to elementary school in, as I said, in a town that was uh, a French town. And my dad sent me there to learn French. And honestly, I learned French, that success. Uh, but if I had to list in order of like most enjoyable to least enjoyable, my schooling experiences as an adult, like looking back in time, my most enjoyable schooling experience would not be elementary school. In fact, elementary school would be my least. Like I, I was like university. I enjoyed more high school. I enjoyed more Sejep, which isn't in between, uh, uh, you know, university and uh, high school. I enjoyed more elementary school would be dead last. So, I thought to myself as an adult, like when, when, you know, meeting the, the school board, the going to the schools, because the thing about the alternative school system is it does not offer French immersion. Um, and so I went, I went to the, the school that did, which is also very close to my house. So it's not really like the proximity thing that was, I went to that school and I listened to their orientation and that school is huge and it goes all the way up to grade eight. And when I was in there, I felt like a, I felt like a regular size adult. It was kind of newly built. When you go into an elementary school, and maybe I'm biased, you should feel like a giant. You should go into the gym and feel like I can dunk on these nets. I am huge in here. This is a tiny building for tiny people, and that's what Churchill felt to me. The the, the elementary school that that Gwen goes to. Meanwhile, this other school, I felt like an adult. Um, in it and there were big kids in it and and yet the kindergartners are sharing the hall with them and stuff um, and it was all and, and still to this day when I'm telling people about Churchill they're always like oh but what about French immersion and I I you know like French immersion is important I totally get it like especially in the city that I'm in like you know French is going to be a challenge later for my daughter I I know but She's having a blast in elementary school. She talks about how much she loves her school and all of this. It's really close for us and gives us balance in our life. I'm not saying change Caden's school, but 
but I am saying like I am saying like if if you keep having these problems, be it with the school, the the you know the the bus drivers, the teachers that you don't feel like are being supportive to your to the needs of your kid, like you know it may maybe and I know for you you've got like seven kids, so it's like you've got to really decide where you're going because you don't want to do you know a zillion different drop offs. Like it's a good thing that there you got two kids in the the bus, even if they're going at it, at least they're on the same bus going to the same place. Uh, but yeah, I know it, it's probably more complicated for you guys and making those choices is never easy. But I do know that my friend uh, who I played ultimate Frisbee with changed her child uh, in from grade one at this school. And it was in the Catholic board, French immersion. And she came to this school that, Gwen's at, and I'm not saying this school in particular because you're spoiler alert, you're in a different city, but even a change of pace that's more suited suited for him, you know, if it makes your lives easier and he is happier, then it might be worth considering. That said, the bus situation sounds like you have well in hand. I will say that there, I don't understand why there is not a market for those devices, minimal, like I know iPods are being discontinued and stuff, but when my dad had Alzheimer's, like at the end, like music was one of the things that soothed him. And if I gave him a device that was like, you know, had 18 buttons and features and shit, that would be new. I had to find like the iPod Nano of the time that just really, I'm like, this is play. This is stop. You know, this is the next thing. And I, I just find it so ridiculous that there's not a market for those types of devices. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, I, I you know, first thing I, I should have started the conversation with like the, the bus driver is awesome. She's great. She's been very helpful. Uh, the school is, is great too. Like I think where I struggle is, uh, you know, there are more, kindergartners at that school than there were kids at the school I went to for elementary. Like I, I come from a very small town, very small school in comparison to what, what Caden's going through right now. And, and Caden is really enjoying school. I think he's frustrated that he is seeing some roadblocks put up um, because he is like overexcited about, about school. And uh, you know, we are working through, the process of trying to figure out how to address it. I think for us, like short term, because everything's a waiting game. It's like, well, if you, you got to do this, this, and this. And it's like, but there's a three month waiting period between all those three steps and you got to do it before we can, we can do anything. And, but with the bus, it was like, well, okay. Like if he's getting bus reports and on the third strike, they kick a kindergartner off the bus again, for safety reasons, I a hundred percent understand. Um, we we wanted to try to address that to make the bus driver's life easier, uh, to make our lives easier, to make Caden's life easier. Because again, he, he wants to go to school. He he wants to take the bus. Um, we're not fighting that fight. Uh, you know, he wants to go. But um, I think we do have it in hand. Uh, you know, I think uh, if it comes to it, like over the summer, if we go through those processes and have those conversations, if switching schools is is the right call. But like, he's excited to learn. He's excited to learn French. Um, he comes home with French books all the time. Like, you know, um, what was it? Uh, the book he brought home cause he's, he wanted tie up shoes. So he's been trying to learn to tie shoes and uh, he, he gets it. He's got it, but he does it his own way and, and, and he gets it done. But he, he's like, Oh, I want to tie shoes like 
daddy ties shoes. And I'm like, okay, well, let's try to figure it out. So of his own free will, he came home with a book from the library. It was like how to tie shoes four or five different ways. And it was a French book as well. And I see him there sitting with the book and like trying to tie his own shoes. And, he, and he's got it down. He's pretty much got it now. And uh, and he, he loves those interactions. So again, he's a, he's a good kid. He, he wants to learn. Uh, he's, he's, he very much wants to learn. I, I think maybe... I think maybe can maybe he's past the point of kindergarten and and like he's learned all he's going to learn and he needs to get into the next grade which is going to happen you know in uh in September he'll be into grade 1 like uh, and we'll continue to support him as we need to but like at, at this stage it was like short term we need to resolve you know what's going on with the bus and give him the tools that he needs to you know just be occupied uh, cause yeah, when he gets bored, he can get a little, he can get a little, uh, antagonistic, you know, with, with whoever's around him, but he's not bored very often, you know? So, and we knew he really liked the stories podcast. So he, he's, he's enjoying that. Uh, I hope it, I hope it at least gets us through the rest of the year because again, like he's, he's such a good kid that, uh, he deserves to enjoy, uh, school and whatnot. So yeah. If you, um, if you get through the stories podcast, just load up his thing with Godzilla, like all, all, all the, all the, all the rated R Godzillas, like everything. Just have him like go to town on that Godzilla versus Mothra, Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, Godzilla versus I don't know what other King Kong. I don't know what other people Godzilla. But we've reached the end of my Godzilla knowledge. Um, That's pretty good. Speaking of reaching the end, Ryan, I think that uh, we reached the end of the shorter episode of the show. I because we didn't because we didn't talk about video games. I know it's a little bit of an abbreviated version. We didn't get much in. People are probably maybe they're not as sated as they normally are. What what's the time at, Ryan? I, this might be our longest podcast where we don't talk about Star Wars. We're almost at two hours. So sweet deal. All right. So um that is great you guys are getting and girls uh, are getting your uh, your money's worth out there so that said I, I should probably do the business ryan as we do at the end of the show um you so you if you want more you at two hours but you're like i wish there was even more of this stuff like well, i want to hear more about these guys lives what's the deal with ryan's pool anyway um and those are good questions you go right back to the beginning and figure it out um, by going to tgistudios.com slash dad. Um, you can email the show dad at tgistudios.com. We don't have any uh, today, but uh, we love reading these on air and then uh, dealing with your questions, concerns. Maybe you have experiences of getting kicked off the bus. Maybe you kicked somebody off the bus yourself. Maybe your neighbor set up a bounty castle, but also with slides just adding insult to injury. You have your own experiences. Please share them with us. Dad at TGIstudios.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. Ryan is at R Murphy. I'm at Croft and Steers. And you can give the show a follow as well at D&D Cast. Whenever there's a new episode, it will be noted uh, by the D&D Cast Twitter account. So Ryan, any final words before we close up? No, I think uh, I think all the words are in the podcast. All the words are behind us. That's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye.